and welcome to Line of Vienna Suite podcast. I think it's episode 33. I'm pretty sure it's episode 33. Was it 32 last week, Liam? I'm pretty sure it's It was. It is definitely, definitely 33. Good, because, uh, you know, I've been a bit out of the loop recently, because as you may or may not know, I'm Daniel Murphy, and this is my first podcast in, what, a month and a half, maybe? Maybe more? Oh, it's been far too long, everyone. Far, far too long. With me on this fine Sunday evening is, of course, Liam O'Mara. Hello there. How's it going? Yeah, how's it going, Liam? Have a good weekend and whatnot. Yeah, good, mate. Good. It's uh, it's good to have you back. I'm yeah. sick of Rob not recording full sections. We have to stay <laughs> recording podcasts, but yeah, it's good to good good to uh, see you again, mate. Yeah, it's it's good to be back. Obviously, I've not I don't feel comfortable being on the podcast if I've not you know not really seen much of us. But thankfully, I came back for the week. Came home for the weekend. I got to see uh, my beloved Bolton Wanderers actually not lose a game, which was very fun. And joining me. Today is another line of your sweet podcast debutante, as we like to spread it around and get everybody on once and ah, every now and then. It is Mr. Jamie Moss. Jamie, why don't you tell Hi, the, yeah. why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and whatnot? About myself? Well, that's always the hardest question to yeah, answer. I, I hate that. Dropped, it's an yeah. interview or something. Yeah, I, um, did, I did drop the ball, ball on you a bit there, but <laughs> do the best you can. Oh, well, okay. I've been a Bolton fan for like 14 years. I think it was 14 years ago, first match I remember being at. Mm-hmm. Um, don't go up too much. Live in Bristol, unfortunately, but oh. get up as much as possible. Um, generally, to watch us lose, I can't actually remember the last time I saw us win live. Probably against Blackburn. Yeah, Blackburn last year. That was that was oh, fun. Man. That, that is, that is not always, amazing. always Blackburn. Actually, yeah. don't think I've seen us not beat Blackburn in a while. But there you go. Maybe to come again this year. What? So, if you're from Bristol, what makes you a Bolton Wanderers fan? It's my dad's fault. Is it? It's my yeah, dad's fault. Fault. yeah, yeah. He's he's from he's from up that way. Got into okay. football when he was living in Bolton, and the rest enough. is. Do you not ever? Do you not regret not supporting one of the Bristol? Well, Bristol City because Bristol Rovers are shit. Well, Bristol City is shit, really. But Brist- Bristol Rovers just basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. It says he had a good season last year. Course, Watched yeah. it a few times. Really good. Hmm. It's just going a bit. I struggle this year. My mate's a big Bristol City fan, and he's not he's not confident. But there oh. we go. Well, anyway, enough of these. Pleasantries and whatnot. We should get on to talking about, you know, the thing that makes us so sad all the time. So, Liam, I believe you're the only one among us who went to the Tuesday night game because there has been two games in the space of last time there was a podcast. So, all I know is that we were shit and Paul fucking Robinson scored against us because I I was watching Sheffield United at that time, watching our mate Chrissy Basham actually play pretty well, surprisingly enough. Captain of Sheffield United. I had no idea. So how how was Tuesday night briefly, Liam? Well, a lot of people came away very frustrated on Tuesday. I was probably the most frustrated of them okay. uh, because whilst we didn't play particularly well, and I think most of that was how good Birmingham are. Mm. I think we, I mean, I know they've been doing well, but I put it down to perhaps a little bit of luck, you know, grinding out results. That's that's not the clip, the case at all. Damari Gray. He's really starting to develop. I'll be very surprised if someone doesn't take a chance on him in January because he, he ran the game from start to finish all over the pitch. Mm. So they were very, very competent. Yeah. Having said that, we created three or four very, very good chances. So, so I can see why Lennon felt the need to go and get Amiobi mm. based on what he saw because it was just a joke, really. You know, Hesky had a couple of really good chances yeah. with the ball and the ball's in the air you know it's this is what he's done all his career he should be connected with these crosses mm. Dean's obviously continues to struggle really 
And uh, yeah, it was just it was all very frustrating. And when you see Paul Robinson at <laughs> three foot six, you know, ghosting in and nodding past Ben Amos, it's just encapsulates a very frustrating night, Dan. Yeah, it, it didn't. Obviously, I was following the game through Twitter because Sheffield United's ground, despite being a shit all trapped in the eighties, it you can get three G there, which unlike the Reebok. So I was managing to follow it, and it wasn't wasn't very pleasant reading. As obviously we fell to a. 1-0 loss to Birmingham and I, feel, I agree with Birmingham are a good side I actually had them as my uh, outside bet to get to the uh, playoffs Like I think they'll finish 6th because Gray Rock's a good manager and as you say Gray, Donaldson a couple of uh, got really good players there so be interested to see how they do but on to something a bit more recent and something I, well, I can certainly talk a bit more about because I was there Saturday's game we drew 1-1 with Leeds United obviously the new man as you alluded to there Big Shaw Ramiobi in the most obvious goal in the world put us a, put us ahead. I'm so annoyed. I didn't bet on it. I genuinely enraged. And then um, in the second half, Prince, after slipping on the halfway line, gave away. Well, he shouldn't have given it away a penalty because it was a fucking ridiculous decision. But a penalty was given and Mameko Antonucci equalised. So, Jamie, um, obviously you were at the game, but you know you've seen no. enough of the highlights. You've You've obviously followed the game and whatnot. How, what were your thoughts coming out of it? What was your thoughts on the game? Uh, so, uh, so I'm surprised <laughs> to go one up and not win. Probably yeah. the overriding thought. I mean, great goal from Amiobi. Took that well, I thought. Um, if he can keep on doing that all season, then, you know, who knows? He scored 11 goals in, what, 20 games last time he was in the Championship? Something so like that, yeah. maybe, maybe we found something good this time up front. Who knows? Um, I thought uh, Prince was unlucky, I guess, to get caught out like that for the penalty slipping over. But like you say, it's such a stupid challenge. Predictable because defenders just do that, don't they? They mm. try and get back, try and make up, and I put it down for Prince. I put it down well. to like a lack of experience and maybe just the eagerness to atone for his slip. And I think he was foiled on the halfway line before the slip for one. Then he obviously slipped, and he, the pace he showed to get back though, he'd you think. And Tanucci had a, what, a good 15-yard head start on him because Prince was still on the floor. Yeah. If you watch the, the YouTube back, Prince is absolutely rapid to catch up. And it was never a penalty in the slightest. Or a red card, for that matter. Absolute fucking joke. What did you think of the decision, uh, Jamie? Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know if I can really remember well enough to say whether it was or wasn't. I mean, it's it's the ones you see them and you go, I, you could give it, you could annoy, isn't it? Yeah. Sort of thing. It wasn't... Stone Wall, he didn't take him out completely, but player falls over in the penalty area. It definitely, You're kind of asking for it, aren't you? To be fair to the referee, in real time, like when I saw it happen, it definitely looked like a penalty, but when you see the replays, Prince hardly, if at all, touches him. Liam, what did you make of the whole Prince ordeal and the, in their goal? I've been saying it every week that Prince has mistakes in oh, him. Oh, definitely. Like, I know. I, exactly. So th- this is why I, I simply don't rate him. What? Uh, oh, no. I don't, I don't rate him at all, and I, it, you can be as good an athlete as you want when you're a defender. But if you've not, if you've not got the brains, if you're not reliable enough, you're going to cost points, and he's going to cost us points all season with incidences like this. For me, it doesn't matter whether he failed him or not. The position that he's found himself yeah. in it, is a, you know, has come from his mistake again. No, you I, know? I, to be fair, in this one occasion, I think I'd, I'd let players if they slip and lose their footing. I will. I blame that goal more on Derek, to be honest with you, because it was. It came just after Dobby's chance, which nearly put us two 0 up, and the ball came out onto the left hand side. And Derek, it could, if Derek had have actually ran towards the ball, he would have won it easily. Instead, he backed off the player, and then 
that player paid the pass to Antonucci and obviously whatever happened, happened. And I think, I do think you've been a bit harsh on Prince Zaita. He's been our most reliable defender all season. I'd say we disagree on that, Dan. Oh, but I don't man. think necessarily being our most reliable defender is a fantastic award. True. Being I think, honest, well, I think you. I don't. I think you're like the one only person who has that opinion. Obviously, I agree with you wholeheartedly. He has like complete brain farts in him when he will cock up. But usually, most of the time, he has the pace and the awareness to be fair, and the strength and all of the good attributes you need for a defender to atone for it. But you know, you know, I perhaps I am the only one with that view. No. Mm. But I wouldn't, you know. I'm. I must admit, it's he's not my kind of defender. He, it's for me. It's Abdullah Mate all over again. Oh, it's better than Mate, even I know that. And I thought Mate was good back it, in the day. We were top ten Premier League when we had Mate. Mm. But um, <laughs> you know, let's let's be honest. These mistakes are going to keep happening. I, I strongly believe that. Mm. Uh, and he come and for me, the disorganisation of our centre backs with our goalkeeper just compiles the problem even more. He'd probably be all right if Amos could control the situation, but I don't believe Amos has any sort of, you know, control over his defence, mm. and I think that makes the problem worse Okay. for Prince. Interesting. Um, Jamie, what do you think of Prince in general since we've come onto this topic? I don't know. I, um, I, remember watching, I was at the QPR game a few weeks ago, and I thought he was having a really good display, but then he made the mistake, well, sort of in the lead-up to one of QPR's goals, and I was a bit like, ah. Uh. Because it wasn't a great bit defending out on the right. I think it's when he's moved out to right yeah, back. And... Like I said, I don't, I don't like any centre back playing right back. Me, they never look comfortable. Same with Derek. No, no. I mean, I agree. Especially when we've got two right backs. I mean, Pisano might be injured. He seemed to go off in the QPR game, but Wilson just seems to have disappeared without a trace. And I don't understand that. When he brings in two right backs, you got to play one of them. Mm. I even played Vella. Yeah, I, I was surprised. Like, I was there. We'll come on to Josh Vella now. Actually, he got his place back in the team finally against Leeds, and apparently, he was thinking maybe he'll put him at right back because obviously he's not been playing in midfield at all. And we know Vella is very dependable there, so I thought Vella played very well. He made our midfield look a lot more balanced, a lot more solid. He passed the ball well. He linked up very well with uh, Casado and Prattley at points. So, Liam, are you happy to see Vella back in the side? Yeah, of course I am. You know, you want to see your own in there, and he's a very competent player, isn't he? Mm. Obviously, there are some reasons as to why he's not playing. Really, we don't know why because mm. you know Neil Lennon isn't That's the stupid. Question, isn't it? Yeah, Neil Lennon isn't, isn't stupid, and it was Neil Lennon who reinstated Josh Fellow straight back into the team. You know, looked like he was making him a real force in our team, putting him in at right back just to have him in there. So obviously, you know, there's something has changed, but. Yeah, I mean, like all Bolton fans, you, you want to see you know the academy prospects getting onto the pitch, particularly the ones that are competent enough to be there, like Josh Feller. Yeah, I totally agree. I think he's the best in our midfield. In our midfield, I feel like he's just the best at just passing the ball, really, just getting hold of it and being composed enough to spread it out to the others. Because Prattley's player will come on through. Actually, I didn't think he had his best games against Burn um, against uh, Leeds. I thought he was. Him and Dan's actually, I thought they were both very good off the ball in closing down players, work, you know, energy, all the things you expect from those two. Just being, just running down the flanks in the diamond all day long and just putting pressure on players and whatnot. But I thought both of them on the ball, they were a bit, obviously Dan's being poor on the ball is a bit of a given. I thought Prattley's touch was a bit slack. He made a couple of good passes every now and then, but I thought on the whole he just wasn't that good. I hear he wasn't very good against Birmingham either, Liam. No, he wasn't. I think he's still not where near up to it in terms of match sharpness. Yeah. And I think if Neil Lennon felt he had the quality to do so, 
I think he wouldn't be relying on Prattley as much as he has done on mm. his return. You know, he's, his tackling's wayward, his passing's off the mark, he's covering a lot less ground. He's just rusty, you know, he's, he's not up to match sharpness yet. So, you know, we, I don't think we can be too crit- critical of him. Yeah. But perhaps he needs taking out the team. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's hard when he's your captain. It's, I think United have got the same problem now. They've got Rooney as the captain, so they can't really drop him. I think we might have a similar problem, but I'd, if Spearman's back for the Preston game, I think I'd look to maybe rest in Patley, but obviously more on that in due course. I'll tell you someone who I did think played really well on Saturday, and he was easily my man of the match, actually, was uh, the Spanish left-back, Jose Manuel Casado. Now, he's in serious danger of being, you know, of taking up Tim Ream's role of being my love, because his beard's magnificent for one. But um, he's just really good. He's like, he seems, where's Dean Moxie? I like Moxie's play very well this year, but he always seems a bit gung-ho on the ball. He never seems really in control. I thought Casado was just very composed whenever he was on the ball. He got he doesn't seem the most paciest of players, but seems a lot more technical, able to swing a good ball in, even though his corner for the goal was the shittest corner I've ever seen, and we still scored from it. Um, yeah, and I thought he, uh, he was very... Like I said, he was my man of the match, because um, their wingers, who, you know, Stuart Dallas, a very good player, and the other fella, Simon... No, Lewis Cook is a highly... Um, highly thought of youngster none of them got any joy against uh, Casado in the slightest he was always anticipating the ball always clearing it always getting in front of him and the favourite part about his game was he's got a bit of fire about him like Chris Wood must be about a foot taller than him but he didn't give a shit he was still giving him um, a couple of F-bombs and whatnot. and he just has a bit of just a bit of fight about him I think that's something a Bolton team's been lacking in recent years wouldn't you say Jamie? Yeah, probably. I mean, that was always the thing I instantly liked about Paul Robinson at mm. left back. Not yeah. the best player in the world, but he would fly into a tackle and wouldn't like we wouldn't take any shit from the opposition, just go for it. But it's interesting to say he's got like good technique because of course Casado started off at Barca mm. in their youth system, so clearly he learnt something, mm. I suppose. So calm on the ball, cool on the ball, that sort of thing. There's a... But oh, I, I don't know what I'm about to say. Go in. Go on. Go on. <laughs> Um, it's an interesting debate that Chris brought up on his, uh, obviously he can't be here tonight for unforeseen circumstances, so which, you know, gratefully timed that I was on so I could take over hosting responsibilities. But um, in his five things piece from the Leeds game, he wondered what we'd do with Casado when Moxie's back. And the, one of the arguments is to play, you know, either Moxie or Casado, probably Casado, a bit further forward in a more advanced position. Do you think there's any merit in that at all, Liam? I do, yes, but I would prefer Moxie up there. Do you think? Why, why is that? Um, pace, to be honest. Yeah. I, I don't I don't like that Finney's our only pace option. Mm. Uh, so I think Moxie has a real talent of getting to the byline and he's got a good left foot on him. So it's not ideal. I know it's square pegs around holes a little bit, but I think he would be better than Casado at, at doing that in the championship. Not yeah. as a not as a whole, but we you know, it's it's all about pace and Pace yeah. and strength up top in this division, and I think Moxie can offer more in that department than perhaps Casado could. But what I would say hmm. about Casado is that I wasn't impressed with him in the Birmingham game. Yeah. But by all accounts, it looks like he stepped up in the Leeds game. Hmm. And again, it's just a case of that match sharpness, isn't it? Because yeah, he did, definitely. he did struggle a little bit in the Birmingham game. Was but he I, against Gray? Yeah, well, Gray was all over the place. So hmm. I think Bolton in general struggled to pick him up and you know where he would be. Um, I think, you know, Clayton Donaldson was targeting him, going over onto onto his side. Yeah, obviously he's a small fella. 
Yeah, when he was on the ball, he just seemed to slow the game down a little bit. I know you've mentioned that he's brought a touch of calmness, perhaps in the league game, yeah. Leeds game, sorry. Um, but in the Birmingham game, when we were trying to, you know, raise the tempo a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it was too slow. Around, yeah, I can see that. I found it quite frustrating. Mm. But, you know, um, it sounds like by pretty much every account that he's really stepped it up. So that is good to see. Yeah, same question to you, Jamie. Would you see any merit in playing both Moxie and Casado on the left? Or do you think that's a bit too defensive? Um, no, I wouldn't. I mean, I think I mentioned it about Pisano and something I wrote about oh, him yeah. a while ago because he's got pace. I've over reports from him about Italy as good attacking threat and stuff like that. And I think Wilson's played um, mm. uh, right wing, left wing. Admittedly, I think it might have been in the conference when he was yeah. playing for Stevenage. But yeah. you know, it's still um, you know I, I don't think there's any problem with that as long as they've got the pace, the crossing ability, etc. You know, mm. put the player that can do the job, and we've only got Feeney and Walker fit at the moment who can really play those positions anyway. Yeah. So, you know, you've got to maybe put something else in there occasionally. Why not? Mm. Yeah, I think it's an interesting bit. I've never been really a fan of playing two like defenders on one side. Really, I think you know it's never it's stunting really because you never have it's it's, it's it's a defender playing at wide, and it? it's not an attacker and a more attacking-minded player. But with Casado, I feel like he's good enough on the ball to play in the midfield, and he could link up well with the likes of Vela and whatnot. He did it already. He was playing a few. Um, Vela and Casado forever playing one-twos with each other along that touchline and getting down it really well and creating chances. Another player I'd like to quickly mention, because obviously we've been the only one at the game, I need to like instigate this thing, but Liam Feeney, he came in for a bit of, a bit of stick after the game, because he, he missed a couple of chances. But he was played up front, originally, because we played the Diamond, and Feeney, you know, the only, like I said, the only bit of pace we actually have in the team. So he was played up front, first with Medine, who went off with concussion, and then um, Big Shola, who we'll talk about later on in a glorious detail. But um, I thought he actually played well, and I might come in for you know, you know know some throat slits for this, but he plays well up front, and I think because of his pace, and Shola Amiobi actually mentioned it in his uh, interview, he Feeney stretched the defence and pulled them away from Amiobi, who could then get on the ball, and it led to one brilliant chance, which Amiobi played a delightful through ball to Feeney, and he should have, really should have scored, but alas. So, Liam, I was just wondering, what what do you make of Feeney playing up front rather than out wide, if we to continue with this diamond formation, which is our best formation, it would seem so. He's, he's, he's competent there. Mm. He is competent there. I, I, I've liked it when I've seen him in the past play there. He obviously has played it a lot, in the past, I mean, I'm not sure when, but he does seem to have an understanding of the position that would suggest that he has done. Yeah. He he sort of knows what he's good at when he's doing it, i.e. moving around, keeping the defenders busy, running at people. He, he, he does know sort of yeah. what not, to do. You know what I find he's surprisingly good at? He's, um, he's very good with his back to defenders and holding it up and then bringing others in, which is weird because it's his fiend. He's good at keeping hold of the ball and playing it off. I feel like when he's trying to play on the shoulder, he gets caught offside too often. His touch isn't good enough. So like... Well, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right, Dan. And I think Feeney's biggest weakness as a winger is his absolute sheer need in his head to get the ball in the box. Hmm. Because a lot of the times he'll take on an impossible cross and just surrender possession. But centrally, he seems to not have that problem. He, yeah. seems, he seems to open himself up to the idea of keeping the ball, moving it around the pitch. And it's better. So if he could sort of take those sorts of attributes into his normal position, it'd probably be a lot better player for us. My criticism of Feeney isn't sort of the basics of what he does because it is very good. 
I find that he can hide defensively from us, and he can kind of times, yeah. He, he can hug the line when it really isn't sort of what Bolton need at times. You will, we'll have the ball on the left hand side, and he'll be right on the right touchline, which some fans, you know, may think is good, but it's not because it's one less option. Because realistically, we don't want to be knocking a fifty yard ball across to him mm. when you know his touch isn't that good, is it? No. So essentially yeah I mean it, it, it's all well and good but it doesn't really solve our problems up there though, to be honest yeah um, same to you Jamie what do you reckon of Feeney being a striker I guess I look at Matt Clayton on the bench and sort of mm, wonder yeah, whether but... it's a missed opportunity there um, yeah. but I mean if he's doing a job and I mean I do still trust Lennon's judgement if he thinks he's the best player to play there then maybe he is I mean the pace and everything will stretch defences it will push them Gives us something extra no, to you, think about, but um, you do make a great point with Clayton there because I think he, with the chances that Emiobi put on a plate for Fini, I feel Clayton is a lot more composed in front of goal to do something more with that. And I'm so surprised that in the dying minutes, I thought when Lennon brought on Devit and took Dan's off, I was so surprised he didn't go for Clayton instead of Emiobi just to have a bit more pace up front. Because despite being down to ten men, we still were getting up the pitch, we were still getting in around the goal, and I think. I mean, Obi was a big part of that, don't get me wrong, because his hold-up play was you know, pretty important. But I feel like if we had Clayton up there to just hurry defenders a bit more, we'd have... I don't know, it's impossible to say how it would have gone, but I feel like that may have been an opportunity missed. But obviously, when you're down to 10 men, you don't want to go you know, gung-ho when you've got a point in the bag, really. Um, I feel like just a couple more points I'd like to make. Obviously, it's a bit hard for you to comment, but Derek at right-back. Did you, you saw him there on Tuesday night, I presume, Liam? I don't like it at all. He's not, nah. He doesn't offer enough going forward when he has, has it, and then he's just no. Don't don't like it. Don't like it. It needs to end. No, I agree. I, I completely agree with you, Dan. I'm, generally, centre backs don't sort of move to that position well, mm. and I think Derek is is another example of it. I must admit, Derek is for me the most disappointing sort of player in this season. I know it's still early days, yeah. but I must admit, in pre-season, I got very excited by Derek. But I'm just not seeing it now. I just feel like Even, he needs to run a games in his position alongside one person. But, yeah, perhaps, perhaps. But, you know, is he going to get in there at the moment? Not. That's it. We're, we're quite we're quite lucky at centre-back in the sense that all four of our mediocre players are now fit. Yeah. So <laughs> he's, he's got a battle on his hands to have a place there. So probably for Derek, it's a case of either he can cope and play it right back or really not see any, any game time at the moment, unfortunately. And I think just one final point, if Matt Davis obviously went off at half-time, his first injury in about 12 games, which is a fucking brilliant run for him. No, not 12 games. What, maybe 11 games he's played in a row, I'd say? Something like that. And he went off with an inflamed Achilles, which, you know, I'm no doctor, but it doesn't sound particularly pleasant, but it doesn't seem like it's a serious thing. So if we need him, because in the second half, his, his performance was weird. He wasn't... Like that influential with the runs and stuff, but I feel like once he went off, we could not keep hold of the ball at all, and that just led to Leeds dominating. We need him to be fit for Preston because that is such a massive game, and if he's not, I'm quite scared to be honest with you. What do you What do you reckon, Jamie? Well, I mean, actually, the number of games he's played in the right must be a record. It must oh, be the most yeah, he's put either. together in a Bolton shirt. Um, well, he's such a good player, isn't he? He some he may he may not always play to his potential, but he's ah. Uh, Probably the most talented player on our squad, maybe give or take the likes of Clough. He's definitely up there. Yeah. And he can play to be one of the best in the league. And 
definitely, definitely miss him, especially with, I mean, his spearing back, if not, you start to... Mm. Do you start to question who else we'd bring in? I, I can't remember who we had on the bench in midfield. Dobby. But, Spazic. <laughs> Lol. Yeah, there we go. I mean, you don't want to start Dobby, I don't think, do you? And no. um, I won't even try and pronounce his name. I think you got it right, but I, I, I haven't got a clue. Philip, isn't it? That's, yeah. his, that's his first name. I, he just hasn't done anything yet, first team level, has he? And no. I wouldn't want to put him in important game. You know, whether we like it or not right now, Preston, that's relegation, six-pointer. and. Yep. Need our best players fit for that. Yeah, definitely. But we'll come on to Preston due course in a bit more detail. Um, any final points on Leeds, lads? I know it's a bit hard to say anything when you've not seen it, but anything to add? Yeah, actually. Oh, I think on. it's one of those where, you know, don't get me wrong, 15, 20 minutes to go, you're hoping that we can take the three points. But given the change of circumstances, it could be a big point for us at the end of the year. So I'm yeah. quite pleased with it, really. Yeah, Especially when they've got a new manager in, and, and teams usually get buoyed by that and have a bit of a bounce effect. It's I don't I don't think that's going to happen with Steve Evans. No. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know Steve Evans. He's he's a weird character, and I don't think he's like the most tactically gifted managers in the world. But I feel like he's better than a lot of people give him credit for, and they shouldn't really give him credit because he's a fucking absolute mess of a man. But hey ho, um, anything to add, Jamie? Are we all good? I don't know. I was just remembering though. I think. I remember reading that the reason why Josh Feller, this is going right back to the beginning, but okay. I think one of the reasons why Josh Feller was um, dropped was I think Leonard said he was playing within himself this mm. season, I think was the exact line. I just remembered, um, I think Liam saying he didn't really know why he'd been dropped. I think that might have been why. Yeah, it's just weird he played, what, one game, which was played at right wing back against Middlesbrough, so... Yeah, it's pretty, I don't know. That's pretty of a bit of a bullshit comment from Lennon there really but yeah we'll, we'll come on to Lennon in due course as well but we'll leave that there for the Birmingham and Leeds games and we'll be back momentarily to talk about news and whatnot, which you know there's a little bit so let's talk about it eh? see you later Hello and welcome back to Love Pod 33 I'm Dan I'm still joined by Jamie and Liam and uh, we're going to talk about what's been happening in the last week in the world of, you know, the always delightful, always delightfully exciting and not at all depressing world of Bolton Wanderers. Now, obviously, the biggest news of the week, which we've obviously alluded to quite a bit, is that Bolton have finally, you know, um, had a success in the striker hunt. I don't know if the striker hunt has ended, but we've got one in, and that is former Newcastle Crystal Palace and some shit Turkish teams, Shola Amiobi. So... Pretend that Saturday didn't happen, lads. And Liam, I want you to tell me your rea- what your reaction to Amiobi would have been had he have not scored on Saturday. What would you be saying now if he didn't score? I'd probably understand it based on what I saw on Tuesday. Now, mm-hmm. he probably didn't really want to. I think, Judge, I've just had a quick look on Twitter and it looks as though Lennon's written about a vindication of the signing of Shola Amiobi yeah. uh, to, to do head tomorrow in the Bolton News. Now, I'm very surprised. I mean, I don't think for one second that he really wanted to sign Shola Amiobi. Yeah. But it sounds to me that if the guy came in on trial and he ticked the fitness boxes, they probably left it as a plan B file. Yeah. <laughs> and after Tuesday and how sort of impotent we were in attack, it was a case of, well, let's get him in for two or three months then. Hmm. It's not going to have cost us a fortune, is it? Yeah. So I'd probably understand it as much as I'm not inspired by it. Yeah. I understand it. Yeah, I agree with you. Like, I think when the rumour first came up that we had him on trial and stuff, I wrote saying that I don't think he's that bad a player, but he's just too similar to Heskey and Medine, as in the target men who don't who doesn't score. 
So I'd rather us save the little wages we do have and try and get someone, anyone else who has a little bit more different about them. But obviously that's not come off and needs must. We've got Amiobi in. But I also said, um, oh shit, what did I say? I said something really good. I can't remember it. I had it on the tip of my head and it's fucking gone. That's annoying. Jamie, you answer the question about what would you have said to Amiobi signing before Saturday whilst I try and think of what I was going to say because that's annoying me now. <laughs> well, um, uh, I don't know. When it first sort of came up that we had Amiobi around, I wasn't too upset. I sort of think we we could have done worse than Amiobi, mm. I think, given the situation. I heard one of the reasons might be that he went away. He could have cost too much, came back a bit cheaper. Mm. Might make sense in our um, specific predicament. Um, but uh, I don't know. I mean... It was always going to rest on how we played in the first game, first couple of games, wasn't it? So yeah. I was always going to keep a mildly open mind to it at the very least. But, I mean, it's stank of desperation to sign him on the Friday and put him into the squad on the mm, Saturday. But, you know, I think paid off. So I remembered what I was going to say, I think. I'm not sure if it was. But I was going to say, um, I think the deal we've done for Emi Orbit is actually quite good. I think on a page you play till January, I think that's... I imagine Page play deals work because then he'll get like a base sum that is practically no, and then he'll get bonuses upon appearances. So I think that's you know that's actually a pretty good business for us to spend you know, the least amount of money possible and to get him in. And I think, like I said, if before we'd gone Tuesday, I'd have been very disappointed that we couldn't get anybody else in. But you know, Vegas can't be choosers. So, and I've always said that. He, whilst he is a bit, you know, he's in the same mould as Heskey and Medine. He, he seems a bit more mobile and seems just a bit, just that bit more quicker and that bit more capable on the floor than those two. And I think he proved that on Saturday with his not only his goal but like his work on the floor. He was very good at shrugging defenders off with the ball at his feet rather than just winning flick-ons and stuff. So, I guess the question is now: What do you reckon of Amiobi after Saturday after he scored a pretty good goal within 20 minutes of his debut? And look pretty decent. I'm sure he or Lennon or anyone expected him to play 78 minutes of football, which must have been quite hard on the legs for, you know, for someone who's not been in a club for six months' time and just come straight in. So, Liam, what did you, what did you make of Amiobi? What what do you make of Amiobi signing now? Yeah, well done to him. You know, he's yeah. he's come and he's and he scored. I mean, obviously, certain parts of the media were obviously <laughs> ready to jump on him for a poor performance, but he's. He's come and he's you know he's give it a go and he's he's got his goal so yeah you know it's it's great good, great good on him um, and hopefully you know I'm I'm not expecting to set any any <laughs> the world alight here but you know if he comes in and he does a better job than we think he's going to do then I'll be happy yeah I I think with I mean obviously the interesting thing about the whole situation is that he's not only our last resort he we're his last resort as well he's been denied really he's been denied by three clubs us. Sheffield Wednesday and Wolves, which you know are probably a decent club well, apart from us, decent two decent teams who he's gone for and you know has been turned down. I imagine he's had plenty more trials and stuff over the six months. They were just the publicised ones, so he's been constantly turned turned down at the level he feel, still feels is capable of playing at. And he needs us. He, you know, he needs to do well here to you know to keep his career going at a reasonable level. So I think I think I wrote in the little piece I did after about him being the last resort, isn't that? Like we're both on the edge together, and we need each other to do well in order to keep us both afloat. So, I think that with you know, Amiobi's obviously self motivations could stand us in good stead with him, and could 
actually turn out pretty well. Jamie, what do you think of him now after his goal and performance on Saturday? I think I always knew that was going to be a great signing. I was always very <laughs> confident. Um, no, I mean, it's, like you say, it's always great to have a player when he's got something to prove. Mm. And, you know, if he's coming in, he's got to fight to continue his career at a high level, like you say, then that that's good for all parties. I mean, yeah, pretty much covers it, actually, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, he did well. And, you know, it's enough, obviously, we don't know how long Medine's going to be out. It's only a concussion, so he'll miss Preston at the most, but... You know, one striker in, then one goes injured. It's just our luck in it. But he's no, he's 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 made me a lot more optimistic, and I believe I probably I reckon he's made a lot more fans a lot more optimistic about him than everyone was when it was first announced. But onto a bit more depressing news. Speaking of uh, short players on short-term deals, Wellington Silver, the Arsenal loan, he's out for ten weeks, which means he'll miss another 10, 11 games now. Probably won't return till I'd imagine the F, uh, the first time we play in the FA Cup which is early January. He torn hamstring against Birmingham City, which he, um, he was booked for diving as he hobbled off the pitch. So, Liam, are we disappointed in that? Or are we are we happy that the diving, cheating scumbag won't be playing for us anymore? Um, I mean, it's disappointing, isn't it? The guy's a talented player and yeah. we needed it. You know, I'm not a fan of the, the other antics, but, you know, let's be realistic. You, as, it, as it stands, he was someone, probably the only player that we, we had in the squad able to turn a game on his own just yep. pick the ball up go past someone and you know I mean his accuracy on his shooting isn't 100% yet but one of those five will, will fly in a bit a bit like Chris Eagles if you will mm-hmm. so yeah you know it's a bit disappointing 10 weeks is a long time but these these things happen in football and it worries me how how unable we are to react to it well, in what is really a normal everyday football problem and do you know I, I made it when one medium went off against Leeds, I went, I, words that I made, we've had an injury in our last four, we've had five injuries in our last four games, so if you crack Pisano against QPR, and Spearing against, whoever that was against, I can't remember, and then Burnley, and then Silver, then Medine and Davis, that's five injuries in four games, the curse is back, and it's back with a fucking vengeance. Um, Jamie, how do you feel about Silver's injury? Actually, before I do... Was it a dive, Liam, in your honest opinion? Or do you think his hamstring just tore off so he fell over? Um, it was difficult to see where I was sat. I must it, wasn't admit, a penalty. it definitely wasn't a penalty by any stretch. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's, I've not seen a replay of it, obviously, since the incident, to be mm. honest. But my, my instinct on it was that it didn't look like a dive from where I was. It looked a natural fall. Yeah. No, I've not seen the replay. And I could, you know, everyone could be sat there going, what's the on about? But... When I was obviously in the stands, it looked like a natural fall. I was screaming my head off for a penalty. Mm. And I don't tend to do that unless I think it is one. So I imagine the the case was it, it wasn't a dive. He's just he's just hurt himself and it's just a bit unfortunate how it's all looked in the end. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he, well, def- I don't think in a million years it was a dive. He definitely has that in his game, don't get me wrong. Actually, does he? I don't think he does as naturally diving in his game. I think he has theatrics. I think he has rolling around f- 15 times after he's been touched. He definitely has that scumbaggery in his game, but I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a proper dive. I think he'll go down easily, but in that situation, I do think his hamstring's just gone and he's you know fallen over when you as you do when your leg is in searing pain. But um, Jamie, how, do you think we'll miss Silver? I certainly do. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think you. I don't, I've never heard of anyone putting their hamstring diving for a start, so yeah, I guess exactly. probably must be something else. But I mean, yeah, I think 
he, he offers us something that no other player on our squad offers, mm-hmm. isn't it, I think? And something that we're definitely not going to be able to bring someone in to replace. <laughs> Unless, I don't know, some Abu Dhabi billionaire decides to buy the club or something. We're not going to get a player in to replace that quality. Um, I mean, he is a bit frustrating. I remember watching him juggling the ball along the touchline during a match. I was just like, that's... I don't know, if you're playing FIFA or something, fine. But in a professional football match, I'm not so sure. But, I mean... Yeah, we're not going to replace what he brings. It puts us down to two wingers, and Lennon doesn't seem to fancy Walker at the moment, so really constricts options, which isn't great. Yeah, why do you think it's? Why do you think the reason is of him not fancying Walker? Because I thought he was pretty decent last year, and I'm annoyed he's not getting more chance in the starting eleven. Well, he hasn't been. Has he started at all this season? I, I can't. I think he started, started one game, the Silver's debut. Which I can't remember what that was. I'll have a little gander. It might have been Wolves at home. Oh no, you're right. You started. Oh, on, Forest. Uh, no, it's Forest at home. I think. He started on his least favourite wing, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't did. have a great game. I remember, I remember seeing. I remember seeing about that. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know why he doesn't fancy him. Maybe it's another one of these playing within himself. Yeah, I think it's scenarios. Like Vela, he missed a bit of pre-season through injury and swap knots. I think he's just not at the same level as everyone else fitness-wise. Maybe. Yeah, possibly. Or maybe just be he's also missed out as the system's changed. We were playing the diamond beginning of the season, I think, weren't we? Sort of yeah, weren't playing yeah. wingers. Then we started playing wingers. We got silver. It might be he's just not been there or thereabouts at the right point in time yet this season, yeah, perhaps. Definitely. I think, yeah, I hope I see him soon, though, to be honest with you. But on to players who've left the club in recent weeks. Liam Trotter finally left, despite the deal being on, going on off for about two weeks due to apparently financial fair play regulations at Forest End. But Dougie Freeman's again signing his own players, but this time it actually, you know, proved dividends as a Trotter netted a 95th minute equaliser on his debut, which you know, obviously. So um, Liam, are you, do you reckon we'll ever see Trotter in a Bolton shirt again? No. Yeah. Ditto. <laughs> ditto. No. No, not at all. He's just immobile, isn't he? Mm. You know, I, and I'm not sort of moved at all by the fact that he's gone and, and scored. You know, I'm very comfortable in thinking that we've not just loaned out. Yaya Torre yeah. I've seen enough of Liam Trotter to have my mind made up and I'm someone who was quite defensive of him from the beginning and gave him a lot more chance than maybe others did but if you're a midfielder and you don't run you've got no chance so Liam Trotter will be one of those players that in 2-3 years I, I, we won't even know where he is mm. 27 already you know 27 that st- struck me to my core that. so Jamie what do you any thoughts on Trotter at all? Any heartbreak of seeing him leave? Well, I couldn't believe he was 27. Yeah, that, was, that, that really did blow my mind. But no, I was not sad to see him go. But I mean, maybe he keep on playing well. It's, it's, it's a month-long loan deal, isn't it? So yeah, maybe he can play. Game. He can, maybe he can play really well. Come back and we'll finally sort of get the right side of players playing well on loan. I don't yeah, know, but sort of Lafondre in reverse or something. But yeah. I don't know. I'm not sad to see him go. I will say he hasn't, hasn't done much. So yeah, I would agree, and I imagine he'll go, and then he'll end up. In January, we'll end up like mutually agreeing to get rid of him, and he'll just go to Forest on a free, something like that, just to get him off the wage bill, something along those lines. Or they'll give us like fifty k for him, something like that. Oh, I don't think they can sign players permanently or something, but what something like that anyway. No, um, they can't sign players permanently. They just so, got to um, they can't exceed the wage budget they got at the moment. It's 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 weird. It's yeah. not really financial fair play. Um, maybe they'll sign him on loan until January or something. Then I th- I'm pretty sure his contract's out at the end of the year, so they'll get him on a free then, something like that, just to get him off the wage bill. But um, which I just feel, I feel like there was a player there, but it's just because he's always injured and never been able to get in the team because we've got players better than him. It's just never happened. 
feel like it's a bit annoying that you know spearing Davis, gift dropping like flies, and we've loaned him out when potentially could be a route back in the team for him. But hey ho. And Chris did an interview with Radio Nottingham, I think I believe, which I will insert here. So this will be after this will be three minutes of Chris talking about Liam Trotter. It's a difficult question to really answer. Uh, what kind of player he is? I know the player I thought he was. And the one that we signed from, from Millwall was the kind of Aldi version of Yaya Toure. You know, he was a big, strong lad. He could he could run from the back, he could tackle, he could shoot and he could score. But we haven't seen any of that, unfortunately. I think maybe I had a bit of a, a, a tough information before we took the player on. I know we didn't pay very much for him. We had him on loan initially and then made his deal permanent when his contract expired. And one thing going in his favour is he's very, very cheap for us. His wages are amongst the lowest in the squad, supposedly, as well, when he signed for the club. But it's just not worked out. It's not worked out at all, and it's not been for the one to try me because he's had plenty of, of appearances for the side. He's had you know, a lot of minutes on the pitch. But when it came to it, he just couldn't convert that potential he had at Millwall into something tangible for Bolton. And I, I think the fact that he's only played two minutes this season and, and the struggles that we've had tells its own story. Why would it not work at Bolton then? Is it to do with the way you play that's different to Millwall? Has he just not had the chance to play in that you know sitting role in front of the back four? Yeah, I think it's a combination of, of all those factors. Um, it's difficult to know what his exact best position is because we've played him as a sitting midfielder and he's been all right. We've played him as, a, as a, an advanced attacking midfielder and he's been all right. It's, it's a trouble in really accommodating him in our, our midfield at present and knowing where his best place is. He doesn't seem to really influence the game in a way that you'd expect a, a six-foot-three. You know, he's probably about 16 stone. He's a big lad. doesn't seem to do particularly much. You know, it's hard to work out where his best position is and where he, uh, where he might thrive. And I think that's why that, he suffered from that. Sometimes being too versatile can be, a, can be a problem for players, and I think Trotter definitely comes into that category. I mean, he's not scored many goals. Um, he, he doesn't really chip in a great deal defensively. And he also suffers a little bit from a lack of mobility. Um, it sounds a bit strange given the fact he's, got, he's, he's, you know, he's a big lad and he can, he can clearly move. But when he's running with the ball, someone once compared him to somebody walking through uh, quicksand with a fridge on the back. It's real, it's real <laughs> slow lumbering process. And I don't mean to fill you with negativity about your new signing, but I'm, I'm struggling to see why where he fits in with Forrest. Uh, I understand it's a, an injury issue that's cro- that's popped up and caused his, uh, his temporary move to, to Forest, But I, I'd be surprised if he was a long-term uh, target of Dougie's especially. It's interesting, though, that Dougie Friedman has moved to sign him again, if he's been that bad, as you say, when he was true. at Bolton. No, but very true. But, I mean, you know, after all, we know Dougie doesn't like signing people from his, his former club, as he once famously said. Um, we had any number of Crystal Palace waste and strays through our door, and now it seems like Forrest is, is coming under the same sort of remit. But I agree, and it's a strange one. It really did come out of left field. Um, a lot of us had forgotten he even played for Bolton, never mind Dougie forgetting he, he was there himself. So I really don't see where it's come from. I mean, I understand the situation with, with Forrest being desperate for, for midfielders, and so obviously he's a body that can do a job. He suffered from uh, persistent injuries throughout his time with Bolton as well. Maybe that's another contributing factor to his lack of progress. Um, hamstrings have been, have been the issue. Um, I mean, we're... A, we're becoming notorious for our ongoing niggly injury situation, but he's one that suffered more than most. I mean, he's been at the club now for the best part of 18 months, and I bet he's not made 30 or 40 appearances, maybe, in total. I don't see where he's going to fit in, but it's an interesting one, most definitely. It frees up some wages, so I guess Dougie's actions, um, now he's no longer Bolton manager, may even be benefiting us by freeing up somebody off the, off the wages and allowing us to go for another centre-forward. 
I hope you enjoyed that. And no, that's enough for talking about shite midfielders. We'll talk about shite defenders instead. Hayden White, he's still alive apparently. He's on loan at Blackpool and he scored his first senior goal at the weekend. It was, wasn't a bad finish. Uh, Jamie, do you ever see White getting the team at all? You know, we've got a shortage of right backs apparently. Yeah, has he has he made a first team appearance at Bolton? I can't yeah, comment. he's made a couple. I think last year Did he, he came on for QPR um, when Ream went off when he broke his nose. Made a couple here and there. He's definitely played for the first team. Yeah, I mean, I think he's not. He, he's young, but he's not very young at the moment, isn't he? No, I think he's twenty, maybe twenty. Well, search that up for you. I don't know. You sort of you feel like he's getting to the point where if he's going to make it, he might. He would be pushing a bit harder. But Oscar Freckel syndrome. He's twenty. Hayden White. Okay, fair enough, but I don't know. I don't know if he's going out alone and going to Blackpool. He can't be that great because they're really they're yeah, they're relegation zone. I think at the moment. Oh no, they're just above, just above. Are they just above these days? Yeah. Oh, oh, well, go with them. Yeah, Liam. Saw, saw a great car the other day. Actually, it was completely <laughs> orange, completely yeah. orange Ford with like a Blackpool thing in the window. Oh. I was like, oh god. But um, it's it's kind of depressing to see two players go on loan and both score goals when <laughs> they struggled all season for goals and that's that was the main depressing thing for me. But you know, yeah, Liam, same to you. Do you ever see, you know, either you know Hayden White, Oscar Freckeld, people like that? Do you ever see him breaking into the team? I think there's always time. You know, there's the, the certainly. I'd be surprised if any did, having seen them. Yeah. You know, the level up right now, but that doesn't mean that it definitely won't happen. I think it's good for, obviously, Hayden White to go to Blackpool. It's still quite local. Obviously, it's only a division below, and, you know, getting his first goal, that's that's nice for him. I'll be honest, I'd be surprised, well, actually, saying that with the direction we're headed, we may well catch him up in terms of level, but, you know, I'd, I'd be surprised if these players did break into our team. Mm. Having said that, you know, if they're going away and they're doing the right thing, then it's not an impossibility. Yeah, and just one final little tidbit of news. Former Wanderer Chris Eagles has found a new club. He signed with League One side Bury. Now, I'm sure there'll be a few Bolton fans out there that actually wouldn't be opposed to having Eagles back in at Bolton. So, Liam, are you, what do you reckon of Eagles at Bury? Do you reckon he'll do well there? He played 50 minutes against Shrewsbury as they lost 2 0. Yeah, I think he'll do very well. He's a, he's, a, he's a gifted player. I was never a massive fan. I couldn't be dealing with the ego on the side of things and mm. the compulsive need to shoot and be the hero all the time. It's not something that really sort of endeared to me, to be honest. But I think, obviously, I'd, I'd have him in the team now, you know. But I don't know. I just, I just wish him luck at Berry, and I think he'll do very well there. Yeah. What about you, Jamie? Yeah, I think. Well, you, yeah, like you say, talented player, but he was always so hiss and miss, wasn't he? He'd never or rarely string together sort of four or five games in a row at a high enough level and dropping down another level. Maybe he will now, but... No, definitely a good sign for Barry in my book, that. Mm. So that, oh, that's that's about it for Bolton News. A bit of a quiet week, but, you know, hopefully there'll be a bit, some, bit more excitement next week. Or maybe we'll finally sign a half-decent striker who isn't sure of Amiobi. But stay with us, because we'll be talking about the, as Jamie alluded to earlier, the relegation six-pointer with Preston North End next. <laughs> oh, and welcome back to Love Pod 33. Obviously, Bolton... Uh, Halloween next Saturday and Sky have decided to put on a fucking horror show as they will be broadcasting Preston North End v Bolton Wanderers to the world to, to England I should say well it could be very scary 
for the lights if we lose in this game because that would you know, see us drift quite considerably at the bottom of the table. It really is a must-win. Um, Liam, how what where do you see the game going? Um, what team would you play, etc., etc.? It's a it's a tricky game, isn't it? And mm. it's such a big game. And I, I'd be honest, I don't think we're ready for it. I wouldn't have minded this in a couple more weeks, maybe for us to adjust to losing Wellington first of all, and perhaps give Mark Davis a little bit more time to recover. Um, my team would very much depend on you know Mark Davis being fit, really, because and the team's built around him. Yeah. So if he's if he's not fit, you you you're all of a sudden you're completely back to the drawing board in terms of. How are you going to play to begin with? Yeah, because well, we've got no creativity, you know, no Clough, no Silver, no Davis. It's not just creativity, it's just someone who's willing to take the ball on. Yeah, Matt, Matt Davis will just go and get the ball off the centre-backs. He'll just go and take it off them, just to recycle possession and keep you know, keep the ball off the people that, in the team that don't want it. That's the problem, is that we don't have anyone else who, who who's willing to do that, I don't think. I think people in our teams are able to do it. I just don't think they have it in them to go and do it. I think Dan's could go and do that. I think, you know, uh, Prattley could go and do that, uh, they, but they just won't do it. So I think yeah. Vell has to play, has to play there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no other choice. He, I, he, you cannot not do. He's someone who will go and take the ball off the centre backs. I mean, I can't think of anyone else who'd do it. Spearing just can't pass well enough. As much as he'd mm-hmm. probably like to do that role, he just can't pass, so he can't do it. Um, so you, you're probably talking. Well, you're going. You, you're going to have your left-back, um, Casado, again. Centre-backs, I'd probably go for Wheater. Do not say Devita, I beg of you. No, I was going to say Wheater and uh, I'll say Prince, even though... Suspended, isn't he? Is he suspended? Yeah, he got sent off there. Oh, of course he did, yeah, of course he did. We'd have uh, to, I'd say you have to move Derek in the middle and then play one of the right-backs because I can't cope with Devita. Devita and Wheater... As a partnership, it's just far too slow, and Davies just not been very good since he since he got sent off against Blackburn. I think it was. I'll agree. I'll agree with you. So we'll go with Derek and uh, and Weeter there with one of the right backs going in. Any one of them, I'm not bothered. They're all competent there. Mm-hmm. So then you're probably going to have to do a diamond, aren't you? Without yeah, Davis. So you'll do Vela as the the bottom of the diamond with perhaps on. I mean, on the left, you're probably going to put Dan's now, aren't you, without Wellington oh, there? Dan's are practically really, isn't it? Both yeah. on either side, really. Yeah, so I'm going to say Dan's on the left with maybe Feeney on the right with perhaps Prattley as your, as your spear. Or maybe Clayton, perhaps. See, I think I feel, I think what I would do, I think I'd maybe move Vela to where Davis was playing in the more attacking role and put Spear in for a bit more defensive steel, you know, since we're away and we never went away. I feel like I, if, if Spearing's back fit, I'd put Spearing back in there, personally. I don't think we can because I think we just we just not have any possession whatsoever. Mm, we just we consistently give the ball away. And I won't want to give Derek a reason for pinging one of those hopeless long balls to no one. So I just I think we'd be um, I think we'd be, I think it'd be suicidal to do that. I think we'd be surrendering the game. We as much as Spearing is great defensively, we just keep losing the ball. Jamie, yeah, um, how, how do you feel the midfield should line up on Saturday? I don't know. I mean, I think. I feel like going away to Preston, we should probably not try and react too much to being away, not try and react too much, um, just sort of focus on what we want to do and sort of maybe line up as we do at home. We don't tend to lose at home, apart from against Birmingham. You know, maybe just sort of go for it a bit more. Um, And I would maybe just go for as close to the same midfield as we did at the weekend. It seemed to work. I mean, you guys were there, I wasn't. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but 
I mean, I think just just try and go for that rather than reacting, so, trying to be too... So you'd keep Vela, Dans and Patley as they were. Who would you have in instead of Davis in that more of attacking position? I think, I was just thinking it might be interesting to put Clayson in there. Mm. I think, did, did Liam mention Clayson in there? I think, um, yeah, Feeney's playing well up front. You put Clayson in behind because he's got a passing and stuff probably, isn't he? And yeah. he can sort of break up from midfield and yeah, I think definitely pop, definitely not Dobby. I mean, I wouldn't start with Dobby no. and um, what were we saying? Twizarik. Twizarik is the only other um, midfielder available. So, yeah, I think it has to be Clayson. I feel if we're not moving Spearing, if we're not putting Spearing in and then moving Vela further forward, I feel like Clayton is the only player in the squad. Apart from Dobby, obviously, but you don't want Dobby playing 90 minutes because he can't last 90 minutes. So, he can barely last 20. Um I feel like Clayton's the only one with a bit more pace, so he'll be able to hurry defenders, got a pass on him, as you say. So, yeah, I feel... My, I think my first choice, personally, since we're going away, and we're shite away, would be Spearing in the middle, and then either Prattley or Vela in the more advanced position. And, but if not, then Clay, I'd be fine with Clayton there. And I, I'd, that's the, the, the other million-dollar question. Does Shola Amiobi start, Liam? If he's fit enough, I suppose he has to, doesn't he, really? Mm. He can't. We can't have Medine and Heskey if we're playing that formation together based on Tuesday. That was it was an absolute farce to anyone that saw it. So if he's if he's fit, then yeah, but it's asking a lot of him, really. It is. When you think he's not played, you know, he's not been he's been without a team since the end of well, since June. So that's a good six, seven months without a team and not playing any professional football to come straight in and play seventy two yeah, seventy two? Eight yeah, seventy two minutes um Against a you know a pretty solid team, he, was, he wasn't against. He was against good defenders in a Saul Bamber and a Cooper, something Cooper. So he, he did have a hard game against Leeds, but obviously Preston's defence is a little more shit. So he could have a bit more of a game against them. Would you start them? Would you start him again, uh, Jamie? Would you go with Amiobi? Yeah, probably. I mean, especially if Medine's out with concussion. I mean, I don't. Know, depends, doesn't it? You never know how long they can be out for yeah. with that sort of injury, but. I mean, yeah, he played well, so why not if you can start start him? But, yeah, I mean, definitely that's the thing. Preston aren't going to defend as well as many other teams and they're not going to attack as well as, say, QPR did to somehow win that match. So, you know, yeah, okay. why not go for it? And then, hmm. Well, if Medin is to miss the game due to his concussion, then Heskey wasn't involved at all on Saturday either. And I presume that's because Amiobi came in. Heskey played a good portion of the game. And again on Tuesday, you don't want to, you know, those legs are creaking enough as it is. But if Heskey isn't involved again, if there is like a niggly injury there or something, and Medine's unfit, who do we go with for striker backup? There's Kane Wooler who Liam, you can talk about him after his brief cameo against Birmingham. And then there's Jamie Thomas or Alex Samidazi. So Liam, how did um, Woolery do when he came on on Tuesday? And would you put him back on the bench, or would you go with, you know, the the frequently scoring Thomas and Samidazi? I think it was difficult to judge Woolery on the time that he had. Mm. And, but if I'm being frank, he looked a little bit out of his depth mm-hmm. with it. I think just be, there's a lot of people, and I, I spend a lot of time arguing over the graduates, and I do want them to do well. And there's, the idea always gets thrown to me that if you're old enough, you're good enough. It's just nonsense. If you're not physically ready, you're not physically ready. Mm-hmm. It's one thing playing against 18-year-olds on an academy pitch. When you're up against seasoned defenders like Paul Robinson it's yeah. you know th- he's been there and he's done it for 20 years it's a completely different thing and he looked a little out of his depth now it's absolutely no judgment on him because 
you know, he's coming on. Really, I mean, I didn't, I didn't see that sub coming. I must admit, I was surprised that they. Uh, yeah, him. I'm surprised he did because he's just not one for actually doing that. Then. Yeah, I mean, he give, he, he will give you a fair goal, but he won't rely on you. Mm. Like, he, he he looked to Wooler to, to make a difference, and I think, you know, it's a bit naive of of Neil Lennon to do that. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't see anything that would suggest that he's ready, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he isn't. So, uh, you know, I don't I don't necessarily want to make any sort of judgment as to whether he should be on the bench because. Yeah. They they see him every day in training. I, I don't know based on what I saw. Um, Jamie, if you know if Medine and Heskey are both out due to their respective fitness issues, which one which one of the youngsters takes that bench place for you? Is it Thomas or do you stick with the one you know obviously the most senior of the choices in Woolery? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I'd, be, I'd be tempted to say Thomas. I mean, to be fair, we're working on the assumption anyway that Davis is out too, aren't we? So there's yeah, two course. places on the bench. So, I mean, maybe they'll both end up on there. Um, but, I mean, Woolery's, yeah, Woolery scores less goals. And in the end of the day, that's what we need at the moment. That's what would edge it for me. And, you know, if Woolery wasn't offering that much when he came on, then maybe it's worth seeing what Thomas can offer when he yeah. comes on in that situation to turn a game. What I will say to Liam's, I think their point on the, uh, on your uh, point on the, uh, if you're good enough, you're old enough cliche. I do feel like if you're a natural finisher, you can probably finish. You can shoot a good ball into a net at most levels, and I think Thomas has proved. Well, Thomas and Sammy Darcy have both proved it. Over, well, Sammy Darcy this year alone, and Thomas over the years that they can score at whatever level they're playing at. So potentially, you know, when we need goals, potentially a natural finisher is the way to go. But I must admit, Dan, on that, you know, I do hope you're right. And, yeah. and there's nothing I'd like more than that. But I must admit, I've seen it a lot of times where we've had sort of younger players that are banging them in and then mm. they make them step up. And, and oh, I agree, up. definitely. Feel, so, obviously, Preston on Saturday is a massive match. What, we're not, what, what happens if we do the unthinkable and lose against the relegation rivals? We're going to be in a, quite a bad shape, aren't we, Liam? I think we will be anyway, <laughs> to oh, be yeah, honest. To, to, yeah. Win, lose or draw, we're still going to be, at the end of the season, in some sort of relegation battle, I would have thought. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's a massive game. It's a massive game. Every every point that we get against teams like this is going to count massively by the time we get to April and May. So, yeah, it's huge. So It's an absolutely huge game already. So, um, Jamie, what's your prediction for the game on Saturday then? Prediction for the game. I don't think I've got a single prediction right this season. Yeah, so um, let's say that Preston will win. I mean, I, no, I don't know. I um, it is a must-win, and I hope they can play at a level and get a result. If if we're gonna end our way day hoodoo anytime soon, then this is the game to do it in. Mm. In the end of the day, and you got to be got to have a little bit of hope and confidence going into a game at Deepdale. But I I, I don't know if I can seriously go into the weekend thinking we'll win yeah. I think it'd be unhealthy it's bad because Preston are a bit of good form at the minute I think they, be, they beat was it Cardiff three? oh no it wasn't Cardiff they, they drew with Cardiff nil-nil on the weekend and they beat someone 3-0 on Tuesday I can't remember who but there was a very good performance and Preston never scored like, usually don't score more than one let alone three unless it's the playoff final of course so they're in a bit of good form but they're not very good I mean Beckford's out it looks like he's out actually all season which you know is good for us because he won't be scoring the inevitable fucking goal Joe Garner who I absolutely love has just come back from injury and he played I think he made his return on Saturday so they were, it's weird because the team isn't very good at all I think they've got a couple of good players in Cunningham Pickford in the goals 
Garner, Gallagher is good on his day, and I think there's a player called Daniel Johnson, a youngster, who's quite good as well. So they have got some decent players, but mostly they're really not very good. And if we don't, if we don't get something, I'll be very disappointed. Liam, well, what's your prediction? It's difficult to say. I mean, I'm constantly wrong with this, and I think it's because I'm looking at us, and I'm looking at the other teams that we're playing against, and thinking we can cause problems here. Hmm. You know, and I look at the two squads on paper, and I'd probably say. We're probably better than this, but it never seems to work out that way. Yeah. Now, I, I've said this before, but I think this is the game where things will start looking up a little bit. I think if Mark Davis doesn't play, it will still be a loss. But I think this is a, I think this has got a Darren Prattley captain's performance game all mm. over. To be honest, I'm seeing Prattley stepping up to the plate, so I'm going to stick my neck out here and say two 0 Bolton. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm hesitant to. I really don't know how this will go. It could, it could literally, literally could go any way, rude. So, but I'm going to stay confident. I'm going to think we're going to absolutely shit out a one nil win, and Casado's going to score a fucking glorious free kick. So that's my, that's my, that's my two cents. So anyway, we'll bring that preview to an end, and we'll be back in a minute with one last topic before we bring this ranshackled thing to a close. See you then. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to this final segment of Love Pod 33. Now, since this was all a bit of a last-minute ranchuckle job that we put together quite late on, due to you know Chris lately pulling out and whatnot, there's no guess who, because I didn't do it. Unless any of you have got one. No, good. And there's no question because I couldn't find it and all that stuff. So we're going to have a quick discussion of a topic. And my question I'm going to pose to you, lads, is... How much is Lennon at fault for what's gone on this season? And when is it okay to criticise him? I'll go to you, Liam, because I believe you'll have very strong opinions on this summer. Well, sort of, I'll touch on the second point first in terms of when it's right to criticise him. Yeah. All the time. Everyone. Everyone is up for criticism. You know, if, if you should look at every single thing that any player or manager does and have an opinion on it. That's, you know, that's why we go watching football, isn't it? So... He's, he, of course, it's fair to, to criticise and look at some of the decisions. I mean, for example, I mentioned bringing Woolery on and I thought that was a bit naive. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a bit, a bit odd and perhaps he was looking over his shoulder to see which of the board members were watching him bring on a, a useless, sorry, a struggling academy player in a, in a situation that was no useful or healthy to his development. So, yeah, you know, of course, he can be criticised. In terms of this situation being his fault, I think you know. I think that's an absolutely incredible statement, and I don't understand how anyone could have could have that view. I mean, it's all right us sitting here and discussing it about what can be done and how we can play, but realistically, you know, Neil Lennon is watching the same game we're watching, and he must go on and sit there and just think, what can I do about this? Realistically, mm-hmm. with no funds, what can he actually do? Nothing. Really. Nothing. His hands aren't only tied. They've been chopped up, burnt and thrown in the sea. You love there's... that line, don't you? I yeah. mean, you love that line. It's, it's a good line. It's, a, it's, it's true, yeah. There's nothing, absolutely nothing he can do. It should never, ever be expected for someone to, as a manager to get a team to play above itself. That mm. cannot be expected. That is, That happens. It's a bonus. Yeah, it's a bonus. You, 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 you should get that team to perform to the level that it is. And perhaps, you know, we are better than bottom of the league, but... You know, what can he realistically do? Mm. 
we're talking about f- loaning out players to try and get enough coppers together to get some sort of striker. I mean, realistically, Nate, we, we've spent ages arguing over what name as a striker it could, it could be. And these players aren't even available. Hmm. They're not even available. So it's just simply not his fault at all. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. And I, re- I think the reason I bring up the uh, when is it okay to criticise him question is because I feel like there's a little bit of a taboo on Twitter for slating him because obviously, because, and rightfully so, and I'm because of the position he's in financially. And I, whilst I think it's, hap- it's good that for once Bolton fans are being a bit more patient with the managers and with the manager and you know realising that he's easily the best we've fucking got and the best we'll ever have at this moment in time but he's made, he's, he has made some some bewildering decisions at times I feel like his persistence to stick with the likes of Dan's and you know, I, I praise Feeney but Feeney when they'd offer when the when the game tends to pass them by they're like I don't think they're as bad as most people will make out I don't think they're disastrous but they don't exactly do anything. I feel like Josh Vella coming in on Saturday and playing so well and easily making our defense midfield look better. It just it just put, you know it just asks the questions: Why the fuck has he been playing the last thirteen games or whatever? And it's just I feel like there is a lot of criticism there at Lennon's door that a lot of the stuff that he is responsible for the team selections, the substitutions, and the signings. He, he's the one who's brought in you know some of the players who are underperforming. I don't blame him entirely, but it's weird. I feel like I feel like he's got a lot easier ride due to the position we're in. And I feel again, is that good? Is that bad? Who knows? And yeah, I feel like I'm contradicting myself at every point I make, but I'm still 100% behind him. Don't get me wrong. I still feel he's like I said, he's easily the best we've got. He's easily the best we can get, you know, we have to stick it out no matter what happens because he'll walk before we sack him easily and I'm surprised he's not gone already because to save his reputation then, you know, if he go down, if he, you know, if he's the man behind the relegation and he gets that on his CV, you know, you don't have shit things on his CV but, you know, you understand the football fucking cliche. It puts him, you know, it makes, it enforces the stereotypes that people have about him, about, you know, he's only managing Celt- you know, Celtic, a one-man, you know, a one-team league and all that type of stuff. So I'm very surprised he's not walked, and I'd be even more surprised if he doesn't, you know, if we lose at Preston on Saturday, and then, you know, we've got Ipswich on Tuesday and Bristol on Saturday, three, three winnable games, really, apart from them being up two and being away. I feel like if we come out of that with not, with not with at least not six points and still in the bottom three, I don't see why he'd stay, because it's just... Whilst he might be a fighter, whilst he might not want to look like he's given up, he'll just say, you know, he can easily just leave the club and say it's an unmanageable position, and then he's, he's saved, isn't he? So, Jamie, what do you think I rambled on far too much there? I disagree with that, actually. I think his reputation is now tied up with what he can do at Bolton. I mean, he was struggling to get top-level jobs. You know, he, if he wants to manage in the Premier League... He can't walk away from Bolton and expect to walk into another championship job or better. I think he has to stick this out. He has to turn it round. And if he doesn't, then whether he'll go managing guitar or whatever it was, the offer he turned down when he came to us. I think think Lennon needs us to turn around as much as we do. I think it's sort of the Amiobi thing all over again. He, He needs us as much as we need him at this point because the end of the day, the reason why we got him was because no one else wanted him. Someone else came in for him better than us, then they would have had him. Uh, which Very is frankly amazing, but yeah. you know, I I, I think uh, an Aston Villa or something could have done a lot worse than 
Mm. Um, well, they did. Jim Sherwood, fucking joke. Well, and exactly. I just, I just have a bit of a side note. How people defending him on Twitter get the fuck off it. He's shit. And I don't care how much of a poison chalice Aston Villa is. When we're, no. He's not a manager. He got the job because he's got pals in the media. And they all suck his dick. That's why he got it. And, and thank God that he's been sacked so swiftly. But please continue, Jamie. Um, no, how much is it Lennon's fault? The mess we're in at the minute. Oh, it's not. I, I don't think it is. I, I understand, to an extent, people getting on Lennon's back. He makes mistakes. His win record at Bolton, I don't know, is probably the worst we've had in my lifetime at this point. I think it was at least getting towards your Megsons when I looked at it last. I mean, it's it's not great. And it's apart from that upturn in form when it looked like, you know, we might go and beat Liverpool at Anfield and all this, it sort of, it sort of it's dropped off since just before then. That was, what, January, February time? Mm-hmm. And we haven't been great since, so it's understandable that people are turning on him. But it's not his fault. No, I don't think so. I think the players he's brought in, maybe they're not the best, maybe they're not good enough for this league, but he didn't have the money to bring anyone else in. You know, he barely got these players in through the door, and we're not in the market to sign better players. So that's sort of a non-argument. You can't expect him to somehow magic the next Lionel Messi out of a hat on. Yeah, two definitely. pounds a week, you know, it's sort of he's stuck in this situation and yeah. I don't know, you can blame him a bit for some of the selection sort of Middlesbrough game maybe where you know, definitely got that wrong and stuff but as a general theme, I don't think you can really blame Lennon for where we are now. Yeah, I completely agree and if there's nothing, anything else to add uh, gentlemen? No? no. Nothing, no. nothing to add Liam? Usually that's something to say. Yeah, no, not really not really. Well, uh, just, I think we've covered everything in terms of it completely not being Lennon's fault and yeah. I just want to make sure that's reaffirmed and yeah, everyone understands that completely and if you do have a different opinion on that then you know you, you obviously don't know what you're talking about yeah. I think in this case you know like I think Jimmy summed up perfectly we need him as much as he needs us and on that note I think we'll bring this fairly swift but a lovely flowing podcast to an end it's been great to be back I've really missed talking about Bolton, even though you know it brings nothing but suicidal thoughts. But hey ho, we'll get on with it. I've got a little bit of points I need to bring up. We're still in the running for that FBA. I'm very happy. I thank you all so much for your vote in the getting us into the finals for one. And I just ask you to continue voting for us. Go on to the website. There's a pinned article. There's a, on the Twitter. There's a pinned tweet on Facebook. There's a pinned post. Just That'll tell you how to vote for us. Please vote for us again. Please share. Please tell everyone. Every single person you know. Tell them and get them to vote for us because that'd be fucking ace if we won. There's some big accounts on there and if we won it, I'd be, be very happy. You know, we're Bolton. We're used to punching, you know, giving the big boys a bloody nose and it'd be nice if we did it as well. So please do that and obviously follow the Twitter at Line of Vienna Steve. Go on Facebook at the Line of Vienna Suite. No, we we really need your likes there to get them numbers up a bit. And obviously, read the website at lineofvenusweek.com. I, I must say, it's not only just been quant- quality of articles in recent weeks, it's been quantity. There's been loads of great stuff on there from poppy debates, from my experiences of watching Sheffield United, from actual things that are relevant to Bolton Wanderers, loads of stuff. So get on there, go on, go and have a read, because, you know, if you listen to this, you probably do that anyway, but do it some more, yeah? Um, you can follow Jamie on Twitter at Jamie underscore Moss123 and you can follow Liam on Twitter at Liam underscore Amira. You can follow me on Twitter at Lebrosky. And thank you for listening. C'est la vie.